Welcome to Why We Can't Have Nice Things Wednesdays. And today we're continuing our talk about all those essays and videos and everything else that came out about why the Jedi might secretly be evil. And today we're going to talk about one thing that I've noticed a lot of those lists didn't quite understand. And that's that the Jedi do not understand proper detachment is. And that is intentional in the storytelling and a problem that people don't see that. So let's talk about that on today's Project Shadow. Hello everyone, how are you doing today? My name's Charlie. You might know me better as sci-fi fantasy writer C.E. Dorset, especially if you're reading my latest book, Crucify My Love. And today, yeah, we're going to talk about detachment and the Jedi. And this is going to be one of my favorite kinds of episodes to do because it's going to be philosophical. And, you know, I like getting into the philosophy a bit. I really, really do. Try not to do it too much because I understand how that can be bringing people down into an intellectual world that they don't really feel comfortable in because good philosophy, when done right, kind of makes you uncomfortable. But trust me, today, from my wonderful stoic point of view, we're going to talk about detachment. And I know what you're thinking. You sound a little bit too chipper to be stoic. We'll talk about that. And why the Jedi not understanding what detachment is is one of the points of the story. But before we get into all that, if you haven't already, please do take a moment to rate this podcast in whatever app you're listening to me on. It really does help out. It tells the algorithms to share the podcast with more people. The more people that listen, the bigger the community, the bigger the community, the better the chance we have of actually, you know, talking to each other on the internets and at the conventions I go to. And that's why I do this podcast in the first place. I want to say... Hello to all of the new listeners from Overcast. Glad to see you here. Hope you're enjoying the show, and I can't wait to hear more from you. Alrighty, let's get into it. Yes, the Jedi don't understand what detachment is, and that's one of the things that led Anakin Skywalker into becoming Darth Vader, and that's mainly what the entire series is about. Okay, I'm done. Thank you for listening to this. No, 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 I'm, I'm going to do more. I'm going to do more. But I guess because people can be a little pernickety about things sometimes, let me state that there will be spoilers for Star Wars in this episode. So, and when I say Star Wars, I will actually be talking about stuff from The Rise of Skywalker, but I will give specific warnings before I get into The Rise of Skywalker, since it's newest and has the highest likelihood of being something that people haven't watched. But when I say Star Wars, I'm probably going to be talking about stuff from the Clone Wars and from Rebels and from, well, all of the other movies leading up to this point. So you've been warned if that's a thing that you don't want to be exposed to if you haven't seen them yet. All right. I probably should have said that before the whole Anakin thing. But seriously, if you don't know that Anakin becomes Darth Vader, that that's kind of in the cultural 
zeitgeist by now. I don't know. Talking about Star Wars can be weird. Alrighty, so. Yes, the Jedi misunderstand detachment. Detachment is... Now, this is me talking from a stoic point of view. I have practiced stoicism since I was in high school. I have been obsessed with the topic for a long time. And I'm not saying that I am a perfect stoic, nor that I am the paragon of all stoic virtue. But I have, it, it is something that has helped me a lot throughout my life deal with the topics of, you know, my own problems with depression and negative thinking and constantly second guessing everything. And a big part of that is learning detachment. As Epictetus says, don't say to yourself, I like this cup. Say, I like cups. Don't say, I like this cat. Say, I like cats. Don't say, I like this person, but I like people. Because people, cups, and cats will always be there. Those individual instances will not. And attachment to those individuals lead to suffering. So if you say to yourself, I like this cup, and that cup breaks, you have brought suffering into your own life. Yeah. He's kind of a downer in a lot of ways, but that doesn't mean what you think it means because the other side of stoicism is to rehearse in your mind, the worst thing happening and preparing yourself for it so that when it happens, it's not such a shock to your system. And that's more than necessary. You see, when Epictetus tells us that we shouldn't say that I like this cup, but I like cups. What he's saying is to remind yourself that while individual items come and go, there will always be cups in the world because your favorite cup gets destroyed shouldn't bring you pain. It should allow you to realize, oh, there are more cups in the world. And eventually I will find another cup. Now, I know what some of you are thinking. This doesn't really work with the people side of that because I have my parents and when my parents pass, you know, I'm not going to go and find myself more parents. But again, Epictetus would remind you that even those who have no children become the parents of the next generation. And so when your parents pass away, you have become the parent to the next generation. There will always be parents. Now, whether that helps you or not, I'm not going to comment on. If you want me to do more episodes on stoicism, I can do that. There, there's actual techniques and meditations and whatnot that go into helping you realize this and to kind of set it into yourself. And it's not quite as simple as those little epigrams would make it sound. But the basic core idea is to remind yourself that everything is impermanent. And by allowing yourself to live in a state where you realize that nothing is permanent, nothing lasts forever, when inevitably things end, because all things eventually end, you are not so attached to the continuation that it destroys you, that you're willing to accept that the time has passed and that 
Yes, there will be grieving. Yes, there will be sorrow. Yes, there will be some suffering. But you are not holding on so tightly that you go down with the ship. That's the basic idea there. The Jedi practice a similar version of this, much more um, related to the Buddhist and more specifically the Zen concepts of detachment. And I can say that for very specific reasons. George Lucas was fascinated by the films of Akira Kurosawa and a lot of Jedi Gekai Geki film, films. I cannot say that phrase, Jedi Geki films. You think since I've been learning Japanese that my Japanese and English would be easier, but that's not how that's working for me. My Japanese is getting better. My saying it alongside English words, still not so much. And you can tell how much he loves Jedi Geki films because he names the heroes of his setting Jedi after the Jedi Geki films. And yeah, a Jedi Geki film is a period piece set generally during the Warring States period, during the Shogunate, primarily talking about samurai and their various daimyo, liege lords, whatever you want to call them, and all of the drama around that. These are the films with a lot of sword fights. They're, they're Japanese period films. He was so fascinated by this that Star Wars A New Hope is essentially an Americanized science fiction remake of the Jedi Gekai, Geki film Hidden Fortress, which if you haven't seen, the characters match up one for one. The plot is very, very similar. It's an interesting thing to watch if you're a fan of Star Wars. Which is why I can say very specifically that he's pulling on the more Zen idea of detachment, which isn't that different from the Greek Stoic idea that I just explained. The Jedi, though, have lost their understanding of this. They have become an insular community in of, and of themselves. They only talk to themselves. They only discuss philosophy with themselves. Old masters are bringing the, their wisdom and knowledge to the young in this insular community that is cut off from the outside world. And it's so cut off that while it in legends, there were dozens, if not hundreds of other force using groups in the universe. And in the legends of Luke Skywalker, we actually see him traveling around to meet some of these because he wants to learn more about the Force. And which ones he actually went to and which ones aren't, we don't know, because, you know, they're the legends of Luke Skywalker, not necessarily the facts of Luke Skywalker, but it was a, it was a fun book. But during the period that we actually witness in the films, the Jedi have cut themselves off from everything else, to the point where they don't even realize that the Sith are returning to power. They don't see the rampant corruption in the Senate as anything other than, well, that's just how politicians are because politicians bad. They have insulated themselves to the point where they've become blind. And you can see this most fully realized in their errors where detachment are concerned. I know the prequel trilogy gets a bad rap, and I know why it gets a bad rap. The first two films are what they are, but I have to say, I still watch The Phantom Menace, especially from time to time, because that pod race scene and that fight with Darth Maul at the end, <clears throat> I, I love that. 
I understand people not liking Attack of the Clones, probably my least favorite film, but I really like Revenge of the Sith. I think it's a very well-made film, the best of the prequels. Through these three films, the main drama that we encounter is twofold. Anakin knows he cannot publicly allow anyone to know about his relationship with Padme and develops such an insane attachment to her that it leads him right into the hands of Palpatine and into the dark side. This is actually first mentioned very subtly in The Phantom Menace when they are teaching, when, when I'm sorry, when Qui-Gon brings little boy Anakin to the council, proves that he has the potential to be a Jedi, puts forward his evidence that he thinks he's the chosen one, and Yoda says, no, we're not going to teach him, he's too old. Why is he too old? He's not too old to actually start learning the ways of the Jedi. We see Luke start learning much older. So anyone can learn at their age. Rey learns the ways of the Jedi much older. Now, why is he too old? He's too old because unlike the others that, and we discussed this in last week's edition of Why We Can't Have Nice Things, while the other Jedi are taken from their families when they're young, young children and no longer, for the most part, remember them. He remembers his family, and that could be a problem. You can see this in Yoda's questioning of him, and, well, Mace Windu as well. Your thoughts dwell on your mother. Yes, sir. And that's the problem. He has already gotten old enough to develop an attachment to his mother. We also see this also in the story of Count Dooku, who was also brought to the Jedi Order later in life and eventually leaves because he had already developed an attachment to his family, which lead him to leave the Jedi Order and, of course, eventually to also become a Dark Lord of the Sith. But the Jedi, in their desire to get rid of this attachment, because this attachment leads to suffering, this attachment leads to anger, jealousy, greed, all of the things that Yoda lists as the path to the dark side, especially when it becomes codependent, like the relationship Anakin has with Padme. Alright? So, by the time we get to the Jedi Order in the Clone Wars period, in the late Republic, early Clone Wars period that we see in the prequel films, the Jedi have already forgotten the point of non-detachment, of non-attachment, of being detached. What is the point? The point is to not to hold on to things so tightly that you kill them. The art of detachment is the art of learning how to hold a butterfly. If you hold too tightly, you break its wings and it can never fly again. You hold even tighter, you kill the butterfly. But with a light hand and a light touch, you can hold the butterfly and let it go to fly again. This is the real art of detachment that the Jedi have completely forgotten. And this is why they don't see the rise of the Sith. Because detachment has simply become this idea of a Jedi should have no attachments. So by enforcing this idea that a Jedi should have no attachments, they have lost the ability to see 
how people gain these attachments one to another and how those intricate webs of relationships develop and grow. In losing to see that web of interrelation, they have blinded themselves to Emperor Palpatine. I'm sorry, Chancellor Palpatine at this point, Senator then Chancellor, developing all of the connections and all of the intricate web that he needs to bring himself to power and to restore the Sith Empire. They can't see it because they don't even understand what attachment is anymore. It's just an amorphous sin. It is just an amorphous evil. It is that thing that we don't do. We don't hold on. We don't hold on. And because they don't understand it, because they don't try to lightly hold the butterfly, they just keep their hands open so that it can never be there. Just avoid contact at all costs. We don't fall in love. We don't love. We don't get married. We don't know our families. We don't have relationships with our families. We don't have relationships with each other. You can see this throughout the Clone Wars animated series where people worry about the relationship between Anakin and Ahsoka because he seems to be developing an attachment to her and her to him. And that is a problem. That they don't now, when they need to see it in the rise of the Sith or in their own hearts, the Jedi don't understand the attachments of others so that when they decide... Mace Windu particularly, that they need to take the chancellor out, take over the government. They're planning a coup so that they can prevent the Sith from coming to power. Then others won't see it as this altruistic act. They're a powerful insular group with privilege that has so separated itself from the rest of the world, that we, this, that wonderful line, just to show you everything wrong with the Jedi, from Qui-Gon Jinn in episode one, we actually didn't come here to free slaves. Really, you're the guardians of peace and justice in the galaxy. And you see slavery, but you've developed this sense of non-attachment, the sense of detachment to the point where you can see people a mother and child in slavery. And just, we're not actually here for you. See, I can't have an emotional reaction to the fact that you were enslaved. Or that will lead me down the dark side. There is only peace. This misunderstanding starts right at the beginning and is what leads to Anakin Skywalker falling and becoming Darth Vader. And a true understanding of detachment is how Rey wins. So, warning for spoilers for The Rise of Skywalker, okay? When Rey is fighting Kylo Ren, who is the ultimate final expression of this misunderstanding of Jedi detachment, right? Let go of the past. Kill it if you have to. There is nothing. There is only the now. That is not a Sith mindset. That is the purest distillation of Jediism as it existed at the end of the Republic. That is the distillation of 
Jediism that forced Luke Skywalker to say the Jedi need to end. And its purest rarefied form we see in Kylo Ren. And when Kylo is fighting Rey on the ruins of the Death Star, and she gets his lightsaber and stabs him in the gut, she has won, right? No emotions, no, no attachments. She has killed the Dark Lord, the supreme leader of the First Order. And she realizes in this moment that her attachment to his death is the flaw. His own radical detachment is the flaw. That the universe will only find peace, balance, and harmony again if people can learn to live together. And she draws back the saber, falls to her knees, and heals him. And that act of compassion, that act of mercy, that act of true detachment where she realizes I, as a Jedi, as a user of the light side of the Force, am not a murderer. Remember what Yoda said, the Jedi use the Force for knowledge and defense, never for attack. Now pay attention through the rest of the trilogy at how often Luke uses the Force to attack and realizes that's wrong in Return of the Jedi. Go back to the prequel series and watch how often the Jedi use the Force to attack. And in the Clone Wars animated series, this is even more brought home. No, she wasn't just defending herself. She was attacking. She was attached to the idea of victory at all cost. And she stops herself and saves Kylo Ren. That moment of mercy, that moment of compassion, that moment of seeing what true detachment should look like opens Kylo's eyes, and Ben Solo returns. He understands what he actually wanted all along in this one action and turns completely around. And we see this also in the fight with Emperor Palpatine at the end of The Rise of Skywalker, which there it is in true, accurate understanding of detachment. Rey doesn't kill the Emperor. Jedi use the Force for knowledge and defense, never for attack. And there she withstands his onslaught to the point where, as it does with all hateful beings, eventually it rebounds onto him and destroys him and takes her down with it. And in a final moment, showing that even Ben Solo understood what detachment should be, he sacrifices his own life to save Rey because she understood and needs to teach this to the future better than he can and he gives up his life for her that is the final arc of the Skywalker saga that detachment was misunderstood and when properly applied will bring peace and harmony to the galaxy so yes, are the Jedi evil? No, they're misguided. They misunderstand. And that's why a lot of people don't under, don't get what's going on here. And why, like I say in the name of the series, we can't have nice things. I hope you enjoyed this episode. 
If you did and you haven't already, please do take a moment to rate it in whatever app you're listening to me on. And also, if you haven't already, maybe subscribe so you get everything that I do. I do an episode every day on a different topic. On that note, if there's a topic that you would like me to address on this show, I would love to hear from you. In the show notes, you'll find a link to the voice message system. Keep it short, keep it clean. I would love to hear from you. I would love to use it on the show. If you'd rather hit me up on social media, you can find me at C.E. Dorset on both Twitter and Instagram. And you can find links to everything that I do over at projectshadow.com. If you've got a buck you can pass my way, it really does help out a lot. In the show notes, you'll find a link to both listener support and my Patreon. Thank you to everybody who does that. It means the world to me. You have no idea. And if you don't have any money right now or you don't feel like giving, that's perfectly all right. But if you know somebody you think would like this podcast, do share it with them. That helps out more than you know. Until next time, don't forget, have the fun. Bye.